Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Josie Kerrigan. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that God has called you to do. Amen, amen. Well, yesterday, we had little Hezekiah come over for a visit at Grandma and Grandpa's house. If you guys haven't met our grandson, he is seven years, seven months old. Years, my goodness. He's seven months old, and he is so adorable. And so, while he was in the room, we like, oh my goodness, Brad acted silly and was making faces. Like, everything was all about him. It was like, make sure he doesn't go in the fireplace. Make sure he doesn't touch the tree. Oh my goodness, let's make him laugh. Oh, let's try to help him to crawl underneath our table, our coffee table. Like, everything was all about Hezekiah because he was in the room. How did I know that he was there? I could see him. I could hear him. Sometimes you can smell him. <laughs> because I love him. I was paying attention to him as long as he was in the room. And I want to ask you a question because I'm going to talk to you today about the presence of God. When God is in a room, first of all, do you pay attention to him? Second of all, do you realize that he's there? I was able, with my natural senses, from hearing, seeing, touching, feeling, smelling, realized that my grandson was in the room, and it suddenly became all about him. But the presence of God, we can't see with our natural senses. And so as believers in Jesus, we have to tune our spiritual senses to recognize the presence of God. And hopefully to love him enough that when we recognize that he's in the room, it becomes all about him. That we change what we do and we focus on him and we pay attention to him because we love him. Have you ever been, okay, so remember in high school maybe when you had a crush? As soon as the person that you like crushed on, you could just tell when they were in the room. Like it could just, oh my gosh, I feel they're over there. Okay, I'm going to stand up straight or I'm going to whatever. Like I'm going to see if I can sit close to them. You just know they're in the room because you love them. That is how it's meant to be with God, where we're always like kind of, is he here? Is he here? Where is he? I'm going to pay attention. I want to be near him. So this morning, I want to talk about, do you know the presence of God? Do you know how to access the presence of God? Because the Bible says that we have access to the presence of the Lord through the blood of Jesus. And I want to teach you how to come in to the presence of God because it's a spiritual thing, because it's not something physical that we can touch. I've got these candles over here, and they're going to represent the presence of God because in the Old Testament, a lot of times, the presence of God was signified by fire. They had that menorah, like we have the, um, the candles outside right now for Hanukkah, and they had to always be lit, right? So we're going to talk about the presence of God in the physical reality in the Old Testament and how it translates now where we can't see it. Because sometimes people just say, like, I just sense something when I'm in your church when you're singing. Like, it makes me want to cry. Or I've talked to people, and they're like, you have, like, a really nice aura about you. You know, like, what is it? You can't see it, but it's something. And as believers, we need to learn to discern what that something is because that's the presence of God. And we're meant to, like Brad said, carry it with us. So we got to learn how to access it. We got to learn what to do when it comes, and then we got to learn how to carry it. Amen. So we're going to start by looking in the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament there was literally a fire that represented the presence of God. I have 
a picture of the tabernacle. Can you go ahead and put that up? I wanted to show you guys. If you're new to Jesus and you're like, I don't know about the tabernacle, I just wanted to show you. This is a picture of the tabernacle. And other than in the Garden of Eden, when God was present before sin came into the world, this is the first time that the presence of God came on the earth and rested, and people were able to know that God's presence is there. Here is God's presence. So look at this. This was like, there are 50 chapters in the Bible devoted to the tabernacle, exactly how to build it, how tall it was supposed to be, what type of fabric to use, the gold sticks is supposed to be like this, and the wood, like this was a lot of work to put together. There was an order to things. There was a reason why God designed it like this. And he's like, I want to show you how you can come into my presence. And you have to do it a certain way. And he said, certain people can come on certain days and you have to purify yourself. He instituted an order of worship and an order of how to come into his presence. Go to the next slide. And if you haven't seen, if you know, again, if you're maybe new to Jesus and all that, this is from like bird's eye view. This is what the tabernacle was, was like. There was an outer court and all of Israel could come in there and they could offer their sacrifices and they could be atoned for their sins or they could give a thanksgiving offering or whatever at that altar. And then there was the holy place, which held the altar of incense, the table of showbread and the candlesticks, which is represented here. And the priests could go into the holy place. First, they had to wash themselves and be purified. Then they could go in. And then there was the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant stood. And literally, that was God's manifest presence on earth. And the high priest could go in one time a year. And if he didn't enter correctly, he would fall down dead. That was the presence of God in the Old Testament. And the people of Israel worked so hard to build this. Like, they're just like in the desert. Have you ever thought about like building this in the desert? I don't know if you've ever been camping, but just like putting up a tent for our kids is a lot of work. You can, you can take that down. But like this was, you know, leather, like skin and heavy fabrics and furniture of gold that the people of Israel had to schlep with them everywhere they went. And every time they had to break camp and go somewhere else, they had to load it up properly and carry it with them. That is a lot of work. The tabernacle was 15 feet tall, and it was 45 feet. And that was just like the structure, not the court, the outside court, and all the curtains. And all of the things that went with it, the candlesticks, the, the lampstand, was solid gold. Like, can you picture trying to carry that across the Sinai Desert? The presence of God was a lot of work. And they didn't mind. They were so honored that they had been chosen to carry with them the very presence of God. They were so excited that they got to build a place for God to rest and inhabit. And that one of their people, the chosen high priest, got to go in to the very presence of God and offer sacrifice for them. It was a thing of honor. And that very same presence is available for you and I every single day. Don't we sometimes take it for granted, and I'm preaching to myself as well, because 
It is something to be honored. I'm going to read to you when they had finished the temple, when the glory of God filled it. I'm not the temple, the tabernacle, excuse me. From Exodus chapter 40, verse 33, it says, So at last Moses finished the work. I love how it says Moses. You know Moses didn't do all that by himself, right? Like you can even read in the Bible how all the workers and everybody was helping and the skilled craftsmen. But then Moses gets all the credit. So that's a whole other message in and of itself about leadership, I guess. So it says Moses finished all the work. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And check this out. Go to the next slide. It says Moses, now this is Moses, Mount Sinai Moses, whose face shone with the glory of God because he got to see God pass him by. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down on it and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Guys, it was so glorious that Moses couldn't even go in. That is the same presence. Like, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same presence of God that we talk about. When we sing in our songs, like, come, Lord, come. That is the presence of God where Moses couldn't enter in, where high priests would fall down dead. That is the presence that we have access to all the time. It's something so incredible. And I really want us to learn how to enter into that presence and learn how to entertain that presence. That is what Brad did last week when we just stopped the singing. He said, we're just going to practice the presence. And I'm like, I have the follow-up message to this. It's time. We need to value being in the presence of God. And in order to get into his presence, we need to get to know him like what stirs his heart? What makes God tick? Do you know him well enough to know, like, what access to his presence, like, what causes him to just, like, ooh, I'm going to reveal myself right there. Brad and I were recently in Israel, and he flew home 24 hours before I did. And if you know me, you know I love Christmas, like, love Christmas. And this whole fall, I've been so like, I've had no energy and I've been kind of sad about Christmas. I told Brad, I'm like, I don't even know if we're going to put up Christmas lights. I don't know if I have the, the energy to decorate. And God bless Brad, but he does it for me really, you know, every year. Like he's not that into it. I don't think he'd mind if we didn't put up our Christmas lights. And so I was flying home from Israel. It was already past Thanksgiving. Brad had come home a day sooner and we pulled up to our house and guess what he had done? He had put up all the Christmas lights. Our whole house was lit up, and inside was the Christmas tree. Yes, you can clap. Clap for that. I want to reward good behavior. So anyway, he had the Christmas lights. You guess what I did? I sat down in the front lawn and cried. Literally, it's true. He knew the way to my heart because he knows me. He knew, like, this is the way to bless my wife. Do you know the way to God's heart? Do you know what blesses God? Do you know what draws his presence near to you? There is access to the heart of God, and the Bible shows us how to get there, how to come into his presence. And we're going to look at it this morning because it's so important. There are three things that are mentioned all the time. You know, when when 
the people of Israel were coming in. Let's say that this is the tabernacle and the candlestick is the Holy of Holies. I know it's a crude description, but just it's a fire, okay? It's what we could manage here today. So here am I, and I'm entering into the outer courts, and then I have to give sacrifice and the, the washing and all the steps and all the steps and all the steps. There are three things that I find over and over in Scripture in order to get closer to the Holy of Holies. The first one is holiness, that we purify ourselves, that we are holy. And I want to read to you just from Psalm 24. There are so many verses throughout Old Testament on this. But who may climb the mountain of the Lord, which, by the way, is Mount Zion, where the temple was built and the Ark of the Covenant rested? Who may climb that mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and do not tell lies. You have to be holy. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Like, we've got that one covered now. <laughs> and then the second thing that I see, and it's so clearly depicted in Psalm 100, verse 4, is this. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. David was a man after God's own heart, and he described to us how to enter into the presence of God, not by saying, first you take five steps, and then you wash your hands, and then you take ten steps, and then you offer this. He described the posture of our heart. What is it supposed to be? God sees the heart. He said, you come in through thanksgiving and praise. You have to have holy hands. That's a given, but then you got to give thanks, and you got to give praise. When you thank God, when your heart is grateful, and when you give him praise, Brad even said the verse this morning, the praise becomes like a throne. He is enthroned on the praises of his people, and he's like, look at that. I'm going to come rest right there. Now, what I want you to see in the Old Testament, there was the presence of God. It was a destination First it was the tabernacle, then it was the temple, and people would travel for days sometimes just to get there. They would travel, they would come, they would offer their sacrifice, maybe an offering of thanksgiving, a sin atonement, whatever it was. They would be near the presence, and then they would leave. And then the next festival or feast or time when they wanted to go, they would Put everybody up on the donkey again. Let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go near. Let's go to the temple. Let's pray and let's leave. That is God's presence in the Old Testament. Sadly, I think a lot of people treat church as if it was that. We come. It's Sunday. We come. We come into his presence. We put on our smile. We give him thanks for the 20 minutes of worship. We give him praise. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. Oh, great. Okay, now we leave. The presence of God is no longer a destination. It's no longer a place. It's spiritual. You have access who in the New Testament does the Bible refer to as the temple that hosts the presence of God? You. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the presence of God is with you. It is near you. You have access to him all the time, but it's a spiritual thing. And because we can't see it with our eyes, it's so much easier for us to be like the church building that represents to us the presence of God. I can feel him there. You can feel him anywhere. 
You can have him anywhere. It's like the closet of Narnia or like your own little wormhole to access the presence of God. You just got to know how to do it. And guess what? The New Testament, it works exactly the same as the Old Testament, but add Jesus. Exactly the same, but add Jesus. You can go boldly before his throne. Ephesians 3.12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So you're the access point. And the way to get into the presence of God is exactly the same. But here's what struck me. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It makes us holy. We can boldly come near. But do you know what the blood of Jesus cannot do for you? It cannot give thanks and it cannot praise. You have to do that. Jesus has made you holy. He washed me from my sin. I can go into the presence of God, but do I choose to? How do I get there? Thanksgiving and praise. I built him a throne on my heart. And when I give him thanks, and when you give him thanks, and when you give him praise, you come near, and you sense him. I wish I could make the the candles, like, draw near to me as I'm praising, but I don't. So he's drawing near to you as you're thanking and praising. You get there. Guess what you do? You take it with you. It's not a place you go and leave. It's something that you carry with you everywhere you go. What did Jesus say? You are a city on a hill. He wants you to be the light of the world. His presence. You are not the light. Him in you is the light, okay? You need to show him off. And in order to be the light of the world, you have to show the light of the world shining out through you. Did you know that the temple had windows that were skinnier on the inside and wider on the outside. Why? Because they didn't need the sun to come in. Usually you would do the, uh, the opposite. You would have the window be wider on the inside to let more light in. They wanted the light of the menorah, the light from inside the temple to shine out for the people to see. Our windows need to be wide open for the world to see the light. But first we have to learn how to carry his presence. And it sounds so simple with thanksgiving and praise, but literally, it breaks you through to the very throne room of heaven. And there's a reason why both thanksgiving and praise are referred to as sacrifice. Offer a sacrifice of praise and an offering of thanksgiving. It's, it's not always something you feel like doing. It can almost feel a little bit silly. And so I wanted you, like, okay, so... Brad and I have talked about this before, and we've told you guys, like, we're not a church where you just come and you sit and you leave. We are here to train you to be ministers, to equip you, you know, and, and we're just one big family. This is our living room, and we practice. So this morning, we're going to practice entering into the presence of God in just a minute. Hold on. But <laughs> I need you to just, like, it's okay to look silly. It's okay to pray out loud at home by yourself or if your kids can hear you. It's okay. Can I tell you what I do? I just want to show you because this is so important. Um, these past few months, have I felt always like entertaining the presence of God? No. But where is the victory? It's in him. 
And so for me personally, and I'm just going to give you like a very practical, this is what I do. I turn on either upper room or most likely I'll turn on, on YouTube on my big TV. And I, I did this when the kids were little. I do this. I prefer to do it when I'm by myself because I dance and prance and get all silly. But sometimes I do it when Brad's home. Sometimes I did when the kids were home. It is what it is. I turn on BSSM Encounter Rooms on YouTube. And then I start thanking God. I start with thanking God. I just declared, like, this is focusing on the acts of God. And I thank him for my house. I thank him for my husband. I thank him for my kids. I thank him for my clothes. I thank him for whatever I can think of. And you can even thank him for things that he has not done yet. That opens up his presence and his arm to move on your behalf. So I thank him for my ear that's healed. I thank him for whatever. Just thank him. Thank him. Thank him. And then I shift into praise. And praise is not focusing on what God has done. It's focusing on who he is. So it's like God, I praise you that you are from everlasting to everlasting. I praise you that you are God, my healer. I praise you that you are so glorious. I praise you that you created the heavens and the earth. I praise you that you're the king of the universe, and yet you pay attention to me. I praise you. And you just open up your mouth, and you start praising him. And worship team, you can go ahead and come on up. I'm going to make you all do this in just a second, so get right. That's why I'm demonstrating, so you know you're not the only one looking silly. <laughs> But it draws you into the presence of God as you praise him. You thank him for what he's done. Then you praise him for who he is. And then, guess what? His presence comes. And we've already, like, been washed clean by the blood of the lamb. But sometimes in those moments, you're reminded of something you've done or I'm reminded of something. I'm like, God, forgive me for that. I'm sorry. Wash me and cleanse me. Search my heart and know me if there's anything in me. And then... You come into his presence, and in response to his presence, we worship because of who he is. And in that moment, in his presence, when you have walked through the thanksgiving gate and you've walked through the courts of praise, in those moments, in his presence, you're like near to him. That's when you get to know his heart. And that's when I come. Like, I'm like with my father in heaven. I ask him for things. I share my heart. I worship him for his glory and his majesty. And I ask him what's on his heart. Because you took the time to come into his presence. But don't we often just want to come into the presence like that and we wake up and we're like, here's my list of what I want from you, God. Could you please do this and heal so-and-so, and I need this for my kids, and I can't pay my bills, and da-da-da. God's like, well, okay, sure. You are not going to get to know me that way, but I will still bless you. I would rather have the heart of God than the hand of God. And that is the secret sauce, really, to seeing God move on your behalf. It's like... I love you, Lord, for who you are, not for what you can do for me. But of course he does for us because he's a good, good father. But that's not why we want to be near him. When we thank him and when we praise him. Do you guys remember <laughs> if you're old school Christian? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. <laughs> 
his courts with praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say this is the day that the Lord has. I will rejoice for he has made me Yes, he has made me glad. There's joy in his presence. Come on. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Well done. <laughs> there is something though. Did you feel something happen even as you're singing that? I want you to hop up on your feet. There is a joy that comes when we stop focusing on our problems and what we're wanting from God and we start giving him thanks and praise and church has gotten really good at worship I think but we sometimes forget that we just got to like stir up the gift and be thankful before we have everything we need and there's a joy that is released and there's a worship that comes that like breaks the yoke of heaviness praise for heaviness and then we can be in his presence. So we're going to praise this morning. We're going to praise. We're going to start with thanksgiving. And I want you out loud to start declaring thanksgiving to God. I'm going to pray. And the musicians are going to play. And nobody's going to listen to you because we're all going to do the same thing. If you want to come up here, you can. If you go and go out on the sides, you can. If you want to stay in your seat, you can. But this is our living room. And we're practicing. God, we thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this room. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our building. Father, I thank you for my family. Come on, pray it out. Declare the goodness of God. We thank you for breath in our lungs. We thank you for salvation. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you loved us so much that you laid down your life for us. God, we thank you that we live in the United States of America where we have freedom to worship. We thank you for healing. God, I thank you for healing my ear. God, I thank you. Come on, give him praise. Open up your mouth. to be thankful for. Just thank him. Just a few more seconds. We thank you, God, for who you are. All right, now we're going to praise. Start thinking about who he is. God, we praise you for you are good. Your goodness comes from everlasting to everlasting. not about me. It's not a me, my, my. I feel this. I feel that. It's all focused on him. It's all focused on him. And that's what breaks that yoke and ushers in the joy of the Lord. And I felt this word so strong that some of you need a breakthrough of joy in your life. And this little five minutes that we're doing here, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. You need to go home and you need to put on some praise songs and you need to praise yourself into victory and get some joy breakthrough in your life. It's going to come through thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise. But we have thanked him and we have praised him. And I do want us to take just another moment to worship him. Because did you know when Jesus died on that cross, the curtain that separated this, the holy of holies, there was a heavy curtain. And the Bible says that when Jesus breathed his last breath, that curtain was torn in two. 
And the one thing that separated us from the presence of God was removed. So God, we have thanked you and we have praised you. And now we come into your presence. Father, I thank you that your presence is in this room. And I ask that you would teach all of us to discern your presence, to sense your glory, that you would tune our spirit eyes, our spirit ears to sense when you're near. I feel like God is reminding some of us the soul is the gatekeeper between the spirit and our body. And sometimes our soul is so flooded, we can't feel what's happening in the spirit. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would wipe away every worry, every care, that we would be able to tune ourselves to our spirit man we know you thank you that you are here thank you that you are here in this very moment just take a few minutes and worship him we have thanked him we have praised him now we behold him worthy is the lamb we love your presence, God. We love your presence. We want to gaze upon your beauty. We just want to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.